1: Welcome back, everyone, to the weekly Armchair sports talk podcast. This is the United Show. This is Devils Advocate. Again, it's another happy show today. We are back here today after a win against Arsenal, and um, so we're here to talk all things Manchester United. And um, here to talk, to, most especially Ten Hag's journey to becoming Europa League champions of the world. And um, yep. so we will be talking about Real Sociedad in the league. We're also going to talk about Marcus Rashford's um, return to form. Also, how does Cristiano Ronaldo? It's after playing Europa League football. We will also um, discuss that as well, guys. So do smash like the video, hit that subscribe button, and also subscribe on our audio platforms as well, such as Apple and Google Podcasts. But still, the last time we had a chat was after the Liverpool game. Yeah. Um, obviously, that's been, been a couple of weeks now since that game. We were all very elated um, after that game. Very good results. But in terms of kind of how the last couple of weeks have gone, obviously, we've beat Southampton, we beat Leicester. And now we've beaten Arsenal in the Premier League, which I think many was thought that would have been our toughest test to date, and considering they've been top of the league and being the informed team, in the league. How your what's your thoughts on the progression of Eric Ten Hag's Manchester United in the last kind of two to three weeks? Yeah, it's been
0: uh, uh, steady, really. A lot, a lot of people have been attributing it to uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's way of playing football, but that, but actually, it's completely different. Um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer did play more counter attacking football. Ten Hag plays a more progressive style of football, so it's not necessarily counter attack. What I mean by that is that uh, the goals that we score that appear to be counter attack football are actually started uh, by our either our goalkeeper or, or by our back four, and it's a progression type uh, rather than a, just a, a sixty yard pass or a, or a quick spring. So we've we're quite meticulous actually in the way that we have built up to what appears to be like a counter-attacking style of play, but it's more methodical than that. So people have got to kind of understand the main differences. So with with counter-attacking play, it's 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 short and sharp, bash on the break and away you go. And We haven't really done that. We've always controlled the play from the back to progress it forward, but it looks like because it's speeding and there's only... You know, we've caught the the opposition out of of position in many ways. It looks like counter-attacking football, but it isn't. I think what Ten Hag's tried to do is instil this uh, way of playing. And as much as the players themselves have got to take more responsibility uh, for their own kind of uh, games, the the way that they play the game. Martinez has been instrumental in it. Molassi has been instrumental in it. It's allowed Varane to play his natural game. Uh, Because he's got a more tight and more of a Ramos type player alongside him. And I just think that uh, the way that we, we, although we're not controlling games of football, let's be clear about this, we're still woefully short in midfield. As good as Ericsson has been uh, and as good as Bruno has has kind of been, although we'll touch on him later, I'm sure, McTominay is just slightly rising above the parapet rather than hiding again. Uh, we appear to be in a much more confident state in everybody within the first eleven, rather than relying on one or two or three players to get us through matches. So it's quite interesting on how he's done it. Uh, but really, the instrumental uh, part has been a more progressive attacking play rather than a counter-attacking play football. Do
1: you think the fact that when we have, when you, you mentioned like Lisandro Martinez and Rafael Verand the back kind of, Complementing each other and doing their own jobs, especially Martinez, kind of I suppose sweeping, but also his ball playing ability. Do you think he's making maybe Scott McTominay's job that bit easier, being that ball playing defender? Considering when McGuire and Varane were there, McGuire tried to take that ball playing impetus himself, but quite often would get himself into trouble. And um, do you think Martinez in there has kind of helped maybe Scott McTominay to kind of rely on doing the basics such as like breaking up playing and, and releasing the ball quickly?
0: It's certainly helping McDominy for, for sure. But having somebody like uh, Martini, uh, Martinez in your side is going to help most players. It's definitely helping Melassia and it's probably helping uh, Dallow more on the right uh, because they kind of understand that if they are caught slightly out of position, you've got a progressive centre-half that's going to be able to cover you because he's got pace, because he's got a sense of uh, knowing exactly what he wants with the ball. What he'll do with the ball is definitely making Varane's, uh, you know, life a lot easier. But certainly with 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 McTominay, there are there were times against Arsenal where he was an absolute liability. Let's let's be clear about that. The first fifteen minutes, um, I think the referee went kind of easy on him because he really he, sh- he should have been shown at least a yellow. He was rash, and it was a real problem for us. And Arsenal got hold of midfield quite early on, and that's always a problem if you relinquish. Yards early on in a, in, a, in a football match, you're really going to struggle uh, to get back into it. And we did in, in, in long uh, parts of the match, we did struggle in many ways to get hold of the ball. So I think um, he's certainly showing something with Tominay. I'm not sure he's showing as much as, um, as Ten Hag is trying to let on in terms of what he's been able to do during the match. I think Ten Hag's waiting patiently for Casemiro to kind of get used to. Uh, playing in England, getting used to Ten Hag's way of playing, uh, and I think once that happens and Ten Hag- and uh, Casemiro becomes comfortable, I think the natural uh, wastage will be McTominay out the side and Casemiro in. Um, but look, from McTominay um, uh, last season to McTominay to, um, sorry on Sunday. Yeah, you've got to give the kid credit. <laughs> you know, he, he is playing at a much higher level than what he has been, but he's not playing at the level we need uh, to be a consistent Manchester
1: United player. I think he showed in the last couple of games, I think, especially like Leicester and, and, and Arsenal, like he can be a good squad player. And in games where we're going to need someone yeah. who, who's, let's be honest, needs to be a bit of a shit house in midfield. Let's be honest, we need someone in there to break up, play, be nasty. Maybe McTominay can be that player in midfield. Now, is he, as he says, Joe, is he a player who was going to be a long term option for my United to go forward and win trophies? Absolutely not. But what he will be is a good squad player. I think we've always kind of said that about McTominay that he's not a starter, that he's a good yeah. squad player. But we haven't brought in that midfielder to help supplement getting him out of the team. It's simple as that. People have talked about putting Donny Van der Beek into the role McTominay's playing. That I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to trash that out right there. He, Van der Beek is not physical enough to play in that role. Like, And yeah. simple as that. Like, the fact we've Casemiro in there, I think we've the right player to do do what is doing now, but on a much higher level. And, like, you're right. I think the reason why Casemiro hasn't played now, like, hasn't started a game compared to, like, Martinez or Anthony yet. I know we're going to touch on Anthony in a minute, but... It's because they know ten hags way of football, playing football. They don't exactly know, what right. they know yeah, going exactly. Yeah,
0: exactly right. I, I think with McTominay, uh, McTominay, the, the the problem for me is he's not improved. That's the problem. He's been what in the first team now for four years. Yeah, maybe longer, maybe five. Definitely four years, and there's Did not he been. Was in
1: 17, didn't he? He, he got uh, a couple of games. On a wasn't fully a first-team player until 2018, really. Yeah, so, say,
0: so four, four years, but he's not actually improved as a player. His game, his overall game has not improved, which is quite staggering, really, when you're training week in and week out with the calibre of player that he's played with, you know, the types of personalities that he's had in there, he's not actually improved. If I was Scott McTominay, I would be looking closely at what Casemiro is doing in training. I'll be looking at closely on uh, on what Casemiro does outside of Manchester United, how he looks after himself. He's 30 years old, is Casemiro, and he's still and you know one of the top five uh, central midfielders in you know in world football at the moment. And a lot of people point to, to Casemiro and say, well, he's had the crooner alongside him, Tony Cruz, obviously, and uh, Modric, and he has. But you're there then as a ball winner. You're very much a Marco variety. Uh, for PSG, you're you're a ball winner Jorginho at Chelsea, you're a Kante, you're a ball winner Uh, and Casemiro can be quite progressive he's got a left foot and he's got a right foot on him but his main role is to go in and win that ball is McTominay going to be the one that when he wins the ball he's going to look to or is he always going to look to Ericsson? We know he's always going to look to Ericsson so then you've got to ask the question of what is McTominay's value to the starting eleven. now that's really harsh, I I know it is but each player has to have a value uh, to to make the starting eleven or to make the squad of players. So, is there a better player, i.e., Fred, who we know is a box to box player? We know he plays for Brazil as a box to box player. So, is there argument to say that mctominy steps out, becomes the squad player you are talking about, and Fred comes in, be interesting? I thought when Fred came in on Saturday, uh, sorry, sorry, on Sunday against Arsenal, I thought he did okay. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. The problem was, and we all know this, that um, Arteta got it wrong. You know, they suffocated us for the first 20 minutes. I thought Martin Odegaard was one of the best players on the pitch alongside um, our good old friend Jesus. Now, I spoke on a on a, on a a show um, a couple of days ago. In fact, it was Talk of the Devils, which I'm quite happy to, to say. And I said, uh, a week is a long time in football. And everybody's going, oh, defence is absolutely brilliant, you know. We should have had a, a second, a third clean sheet, etc., etc., etc. But I turned around and said, "A week, uh, you know, a week is a long time in football." And, and then Gabriel Jesus makes an appearance because he absolutely ruffled the feathers of uh, both Varane and Martinez. He was physical against them. He was strong against them, to, particularly Varane. He, he, you know, he peeled off to Varane more often than not because he got the better of him in terms of the physicality. He was sharp in front of goal.
1: Even when he was dropping in as well, do you notice there was times yeah. when he was dropping in, like the Firmino role, and Varan was following menace. him with some for Martelli.
0: Yeah, he was a menace, was, was, was Gabriel Aziz. Now, you look at the Gabriel Aziz that you saw on Sunday, you look at the Gabriel Jesus we saw against City, chalk and cheese, completely different player, and that's because he's allowed to play that way with Arteta. Arteta wants him to play that way. And he became a menace. Yeah, he, you know... Um, he, he caused Martinez uh, loads of problems. Should Arsenal have scored more goals? Absolutely. There's no two ways about it. Um, was the Ericsson a soft foul? You know what? I know he didn't get the ball over the garden and let of the law, it's a foul. But come on, ericsson has got to be stronger there. And the goal no, itself
1: that, that should have been a red card still. That should have been a red yeah, card. Yeah, of
0: course. But from there, my point is, from there onwards, the, the play was phenomenal. Dallo yeah. was called out of position as usual. Couldn't get back, and Martinelli's pace and poise and composure to put it away was 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 phenomenal. And I thought, yes, it was a free kick. yes, yeah, it should have been a red card. He should have gone. But I'm just also,
1: trying to trigger. I'm just trying to trigger a couple of Arsenal fans were on here the other day, and I know they're probably watching. that. Oh, you got a trigger. Got to trigger. It, is, it was soft. It was soft.
0: We, you know, we we but by the letter of the law, he he, he didn't do it, and. Um, you can't, you won't always get away with that, you see. In football, it, it's all about the referees. You won't always get away with that. Um, and I think we could, could count ourselves lucky. The real question would be, and it's been posed a lot of times, is what would have happened if we'd gone in at 1-0 down? Where would our mindset have been? What would we... Now, we'll never know this, obviously. How would we have come out in the second half? Obviously, you know, five minutes or ten minutes later, Anthony Springs... And, and we're 1-0 up. Um, but I thought Arsenal uh, taught us a bit of a lesson. I, I've seen that um, everybody was saying that Ten Hag, um, out tactics. I hate that phrase. It does my head in. Uh, Arteta, I'm not really sure that's the truth. I think Arteta screwed the pooch, quite frankly, uh, by making the substitutions that he did. Because Odegaard's vision, alongside Martinelli, and alongside Jesus, we're thawing in our side for
1: 70 minutes. So other movements, like Martinelli and Jesus, did cause us problems. But at the same token, I think for us to like to restrict them to one goal, I think the defence does deserve credit. I think Dallo, yeah. yes, he's caught out position for that goal. But I think if you look at that defensive unit as a collective in the last couple of games, just especially, I think, I think communication has been quite good there. I think that's something that the improvement we've seen. I know even Sunday we're caught out of position, but players... Like talking to each other, players, like, absolutely you know, their teammates. I think, look, if I'll, I'll put it this way, if Luke Shaw and Harry Maguire were in there and then spaces were left, I don't think you have them players covering that ground, doing in that aggressive manner.
0: No, no, no I think like, you're right. I, I think the communication between Martinez and Varane is is particularly very, very good. The Varane Dallo communication needs work, but the Martinez Malacic communications is spot on. It's it's, it's brilliant. De Gea seems to be more alive, seems to be more alert within, within his eighteen his yard box. Although, again, if you remember, he was caught on his heels on two or three occasions again by being stuck to his line. I, I seen think...
1: him come out at one point, and I, I was absolutely shitting shitting myself. Yeah. And I, I seen him come out to sweep. I was like, because I, as you were just about to say, he was rooted to his eighteen yard line, and when I see him come out and sweep, I was like. I was like, I was watching the game in the pub and I was thinking, Jesus Christ, what's going on here? But I think one thing you mentioned about De Gea, I think he's probably a bit more comfortable in in himself with this back four. yes, Because they're more yeah. aggressive, they're willing to take the ball, and they're willing to take the ball and be confident on the ball. Whereas previously in previous setups, the the center halves we've had, they put them like I know De Gea like puts them under pressure with distribution sometimes, but equally I think that the other defenders. They, their body shape might be wrong taking the ball, or you know their their first touch isn't great? And like Mart- Martinez, Malasia, I think they're te- more technically sound than the previous defenders that were there.
0: Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Body shape's really key in football. Um, it always gets, actually it's one of the areas of football where it gets bypassed. You um, think about football with your brain, and then you get there. You run. Your legs are there for running. And, and a little bit of skill if you want, but mainly football's about your brain. And the really key thing about Martinez and Molassi is they've got footballing brains. They're very, very good technically, but they're brilliant up here. They can see what's going on and they can react. Barani slowly but surely gets into somewhere where we think he should be. Now, you know as well as I do, King, because you get football. It's an irrelevant how many medals you've got in your cabinet. It's what you do on the pitch. And by the way... The amount of red medals that he's got in the cabinet, he won at Real Madrid. And I'll, I'll go again: Ramos, Pepe, Kruna, Modric, Benzema, Ronaldo. I'll go again. Those are the winners. Those are the ball. Those are the match winners, not specifically Varan. And so it always wound me up when somebody said, "Oh, he's a five-time Champions League winner." So what? You, you know, if you're in that squad, Keen, and you only get on for two minutes a game, what are you? you're a five-time champion league winner, aren't you? It's an irrelevance. So he's got to start showing it. He was out of position for Amos two or three times throughout the game, which is no problem because you're always going to get caught at some time. But that was really by virtue of the way that Hazy's pressed and pressed and pressed and pressed. I've never seen Hazy's play like that. And, you know, and I thought he was close to man of the match for me. you
1: currently. think Hazy uses the, like, the facts? Guardiola moved him out right wing last season. Do you think that may have helped with his education in terms of being an all round player? And do you maybe think that maybe his movement now was way more, I suppose, fluid than maybe his time at Man City? Do you think that education on the right wing might have actually helped his overall game?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I I think you're right. Um, Look, footballers, um, they go in and say, I'm a centre-forward. Are you a centre-forward? Have you got that instinct that makes you a centre-forward? Or are you a forward player? Now that's the difference. Jesus is now a forward player because you're right, he's played through the middle. He's never going to get you the headed goals. He's not going to smash a goalkeeper over the line along with two defenders and a ball from three yards out. That's not what his game is, but he's dangerous right across all you know all corners of the uh, the front line. This is where Marcus Rashford's slightly different. Pretty good coming in from the wings and okay going through the middle when he's got the chance that he had on Sunday or he gets the Ericsson tap in. He's great at that. But is Rashford going to get you that three-yard, stick your head in where it hurts, near post goal? He's not going to do that. He hasn't got it. And I'm not sure so sure Jesus has got that. But I think his overall game has improved massively. His hold-up play as well, by the way. I think his hold-up play was brilliant. Um, but he's got, if you think about it, he's got the likes of Odegaard and Martinelli who are buzzing around him. He's then making space the likes of Martinelli. And that's why they got in uh, three occasions, four occasions. Martinelli in particular was it was really dangerous because Jesus was causing both Varane and Martinez a problem. And We won't have that. Roll on Sunday. I'm not so sure about Real Sociedad this season. I've not really uh, seen them, so I don't know what they're going to be like. But Roll on Sunday, we're going to have the same aggressive f- type of football from Vieira's team. And Zaha's going to be the one that people are going to have to look out for. And we, we you know and we know all of this. So, yeah, Um, Aziz massively surprised me. <coughs> it was close to my man of the match. I did give it to Eriksen in the end. Or sorry, it's player of the match now, isn't it? I yeah. Did, and, uh, I did give it to Eriksen in the end because I thought Eriksen just shaded it with
1: his assists. But I thought, yeah, hey, Ericsson like his key passes in the game were fantastic. And Steve was our Tottenham fan on. He was mm-hmm. mad because Steve was texting me literally on Sunday in the group chat and he was like, I'm manifesting an Ericsson now he said now to be fair to him, he said an Ericsson winner, but he kept saying all day, Ericsson's gonna influence this game. Being being a Spurs fan. And what he did say to me is see that remember that pass he played into Bruno where Bruno um to Rashford. Yeah. Rashford. And then Steve said Ericsson used to always do that at Spurs from coming yeah. from the left channel and pump that pass into Kane and Deli Alley. And he said it really reminded him of kind of do the, the, his link up with Kane and Deli Ali, obviously Bruno being dropping deep, and um, like Kane used to do, and then Ali running off, obviously doing what Rashford was doing there. But I think Eriksen, I think he's going to be a very important player this season, and um, in terms of you know his versatility and his intelligence is going to come in really handy for us in, in many many games. Like I heard Merson after the game, he was like, Man United are going to struggle against teams that park the bus. Previously, I would have said yes.
0: Yeah, we I won't this year.
1: But the fact we, you, you have Fernandez and Eriksen now who are both you know, creative players and they, they, they're a different style of creative players. And the fact you have Anthony in there, who's also a creator. You, now you have Rashford, who's a runner. You'll have Martial back, hopefully, fit, fingers crossed, very soon, who can drop in and link play together. I think United now, our midfield is slowly but surely starting to get sorted. I think we need more bodies still. But we, I don't. Think- we don't. I still think, still though, if you look at like the different types of creative players that we have there, Bruno, Eriksson, Anthony, Jaden Sancho, we're not as one-dimensional as I think the media are making us out to be. I think we have these players who can unlock defences. And people say, right, what's going to happen when you do come up against a team that maybe gives you 70% of the ball? I think now United will be much more comfortable because their defensive structure at the back is comfortable at the minute. Dallow, Varane... Martinez, Melassia, that's a settle back four now. Yeah. You always have that unsure unsure feeling of what's going to happen back there, you know, and we we get caught in the counter. You're going to have Casemiro, who's going to come in and he's going to be that midfielder, you know, to be the general in there, break up playing and lay it off to your Brunos and your Ericsson's in them types of games. And then you have them, like, like we've, uh, I think, an embarrassment of forward options in terms of different styles, like you have your Rashford's. You have Sancho, you have Martial, Cristiano, you, know, even, you, you have Alanga, Garnaccio, you have different types of players who can help us against these setups. And I think one thing Ten Hag is, I think he's very astute, he's a, he's a student of the game. And like, he, he's not naive, because you, if you look at the first two games, we, we were trying to play out from the back, and we were very naive in the way we tried to play. And it didn't work, and we got battered quite rightly both times. And you look no. at the last four games now, he's changed, he, he's altered the style, he's altered the system, he's brought in different personnel to suit this kind of new way of playing. And slowly but surely we're starting to see you know, more, to a more cohesion, we're sustaining attacks that bit more. But also as well, people talk about counter-attack. For that first goal we made like 11 passes, and we actually transitioned from attack back to defence, back to attack. That that's not a counter attack, and if you t- anyone thinks that is a counter attack, you don't this know anything about football.
0: This is my point. If you read Twitter or you read anyone, oh, we're counter attacking football, we're going back. We're not. It's got nothing to do. It's transition play. It's, it's it. You're absolutely right, Keen. And look, I, I, I there's a couple of things uh, that that I'll pick up on. That first of all, cohesion is is absolutely right. Um, I, we haven't seen a cohesive Manchester United team for a good 12 to 18 months now it's always been disrupted it's disjointed it's always been uh, fractured in so many ways we we don't have that at the moment Dallow's our weakest option at the moment across the back four i think we all know that i'll be interested to see what he does on sunday with Dallow, whether or not he brings wamba saka in who knows uh, Good for who that that's are, it. or yeah Or ill. Is he going to sacrifice the way that he plays because of the potency that Sahar offers? Because he's been he's had a great start to the season, he really has. Um, so that would be interesting. The Casemiro link will be perfect for Varane. It's another nice bit of a comfort blanket for Rafael Varane. Somebody that he can trust to give the ball to. He can't trust McTominay. We've said this before, and he doesn't trust Fred. He'll trust Eriksen, and Eriksen's coming, he's taking it from him, but he'll really trust Casemiro. So that midfield, that that a, a centre-half-straight midfield dynamic, the three of them now, Martinez, Varane and um, uh, Casemiro, will be brilliant going forward. With the creativity of Eriksen and that other one, whoever it may be, whether he sacrifices uh, somebody up top for Bruno or whether he sacrifices Bruno, for Fred, or he doesn't, and he keeps Casemiro, Eriksen and Bruno in. That will be re- re- really be interesting. With the low block, Anthony doesn't wipe it out completely, but he gives us so much more of a better option with a low block. What you'll see with Casemiro and Eriksen is, teams that sit on a low block, you've got to bring them out. You've got to get a sheep's hook and you've got to drag them out because a low block stars you with space, Casemiro and Ericsson have got the no-haul to maybe halt it a little bit and bring them out. Almost almost say to them, Come on, lads, you've got to come and get the ball from me. That's how you expose a low block. Once he's done that, if he's got that space, quick ball out to Sancho or quick ball out to Anthony gets us in behind. You know, and,
1: the get, that and get that final pass in.
0: Exactly. And then and then it's either Ronaldo. Bank or whatever, or it's, it's 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 it could be Rashford. We don't know, but that's what I, he'll be looking at now. Is his next phase of how we play as a team? He'll be looking to entice low block out so that we can get we can utilise Anthony. We can utilise Sancho, which was interesting. And I don't know what you thought, but Sancho was almost anonymous on Sunday. He did the first
1: like time this game, games, didn't have But I like yeah. think. Team- what the only thing I liked about his game was his movement and like yes. his ability to make space for Malassia to to get balls into the box and give us that extra outlet and attack and gave them something else to worry about. I think obviously from a creative standpoint, he probably didn't create as much chances as he has in previous weeks. Um he probably wasn't as influ- influential. But I think his movement was good and um, from that point and making space for the fullbacks for the fullback to overlap. I think that from that standpoint he done well.
0: Yeah. The reason he was anonymous as well is because of the way that Arsenal played him at the back. They didn't know they knew nothing about Anthony. They knew everything about Sancho. That's why Anthony got most of the ball and was able to utilize the ball better than Sancho. When you got it was Ben White, wasn't it? Played right back.
1: Yeah,
0: Tommy no I was think ben it wasn't Tommy Asso. So he knew exactly what's in it. If you looked at Ben White's position. Every time Sancho was anywhere near the ball, Ben White was just in his vicinity. He wasn't necessarily touch tight, but he was in and around him, which enabled Sancho. Sancho was taking the ball mainly with his back to goal, so to speak. So he couldn't get round him. It was a brilliant, nice bit of fullback play by Ben White. Again, they'll, but you know, fans will look at it and say, like me. And this is why I brought it up. Sancho is anonymous. There's a reason why he's anonymous. So he's got to look at that part of his game. But it's all about learning, Kate. What's Sanchez, twenty-two. Yeah, twenty-two, yeah. It's all about learning, isn't it? Football is all about learning. Every day you get on that pitch, you look at it. But I'll be really interesting to see uh, Eric Ten Hag's next phase of our development uh, at Manchester United because it's been fascinating so
1: far. It really has, and that kind of leads me into kind of what I, what I want to talk about now. Because you, you talked about like next phase and. Mm. Getting to know these players, obviously. Look, our Europa League campaign does kick off mm. um this week, Um look, it's not the Champions League, but look, that's the I suppose a second rate competition in Europe. It's all about the Europa League this season, Um we are playing against Real Sociedad. Um, obviously, we're very familiar with them. We've we've played them in Europa League it, it, it season. We got to the final, but also a couple of seasons before that, we have we did play them in the Champions League as well. Um, obviously. Their man Light and Alexander Izak. He's obviously gone to Newcastle and he's been fantastic there. So that's a big loss for them. Um yeah. going into this game, do you think Eric Ten Hag, like considering like they're still a good outfit, but do you do you expect Manchester United to rotate? Do you see the likes of maybe Donny Van de Beek, Cristiano Ronaldo, and maybe Anthony to even start to get more minutes to get used to playing that to get used to playing I
0: at do. United? I do. I, I would rotate if, if I was um, uh, Ten Hag. I would look at it and I would bring in. Um, I'd maybe bring in Harry Maguire because uh, he's going to need Maguire. We, we are going to need Maguire. Whether people like it or not, Varane's going to get injured. <laughs> we know all of this. We're going to need Maguire. I'd bring him in. I'd bring Donny and, and um, Casemiro in for, for for definite. I'd play those. I'd bring in Ronaldo. I would play Anthony. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. And um, I would play at Rashford again because you've got to keep Rashford's yeah, I know you want to talk about Rashford in a bit, but you've got to keep where his level of performance up now, you've got to keep him hungry and 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 interested. Um Real Sociedad, really interesting team. I haven't seen them this season, so I, I really don't know what to expect. Um looking at uh their setup before I came on, I, I think they were a 4-3-3, but defending a 4-4-2. Uh, so they'll put four across the middle um and have two outlets. They play counter-attacking style of football. I think they're going to just come for the draw. That would be that would be my thought, or sneak a one goal win. I think they're going to be a massively difficult team. I think they're going to be a team of disruptors. When you get every you go away from home, you've got to think about what's the best way to get a result. That's the only object when you're away from home is the result, not the way that you play. It's just getting that result. Ten Hogs challenge will be getting the result but keeping the play as entertaining and as exciting as it's been the last few games. And I think uh, Sociedad will come in and um, not put a brick wall up there, but I think they'll just do everything they can to disrupt us. I think you'll see a lot of niggling little fouls. They'll want to stop Manchester United's flow quickly. If they go down early doors, we get a, uh, an early goal, eight, nine minutes You'll see a different type of game because Sossi have to come and do something. But if the longer it they dig in, the longer it creeps to, you know, zero zero, it will be a very, very difficult game for us. But I expect massive changes.
1: I really do. Um, yeah. I think we're gonna see rotation still, definitely. I think if you look got like, to. I think Eric. I think look with Palace away in the weekend. I think that's an important game. I think we have to pick up as much points in the league as we can. By yeah. no stretch of imagination, though, I think we're in a title race. Even though I did throw all about it on on Sunday, um, online. But I think if you look at the Premier League, I think we like to because it's, I think the top four race this year, from about second down to sixth, I think this year is going to be close. I think City are going to run away with it. I really do. I think Haaland is just going to keep scoring goals and. City are going to pick up results and I think they'll probably have the league won by late April mid-April probably this season, I just think no one's touching them this season, especially with their squad depth that they have, but I look at second down to the whole way down to sixth like, I think Liverpool have fallen off a cliff this season it's well documented, seven years of Jurgen Klopp in a seventh season you look at Mainz, you look at Dortmund, they all fought. They, they, they've they fallen Chelsea aren't at it yet this season but I, I expect Thomas Tuchel to but he's a very good coach. I expect him to, to pick results back up and they'll be fighting for top four. I think Spurs are really good. I think Spurs are a dark horse this season. In, in not not so much for Premier League because I think City are going to win it. But like in terms of like the cup competitions, in terms of even the Champions League, I think Conte has them playing really well. And one thing Spurs have now is depth off run, which they haven't had in years. Um, then you also look at Arsenal. I know we beat them, but they're still a good side. And Arsenal has them coach well and they're very good young players. So I think Arsenal will be there as well. So that's why I think, look, at the moment, I think the Premier League still has to take president. I think, look, we can still play a strong enough team on Thursday to get the result. But I think you're right, like, rotation needs to happen. I think Maguire needs to come back in just to get back Mark Sharp. Lindelof's back from injury. I'd like to see him play because when you actually look at Lindelof's skill set as a centre-half, being a ball-playing centre-half. You think he'd actually be an ideal player for Eric Ten Hag in terms of you know, playing out from the back? Now we all know Lindelof's vulnerabilities from an aerial standpoint, and um, but actually on the ground, like standing tackling Lindelof's actually quite good at that yeah, aspect. Yeah. And I I like his positional sense in in that regard as well. But I think look Lindelof getting to know Eric Ten Hag's tactics, um, do you know, he, he needs to get into the side? I think even for Aaron Bazaka, look, even if he's not going to be. This first team center, uh, right, right side of defender. I think he needs to put himself in the shop window in that case because not many teams are looking at him right now and wanting to buy him. So that's why I think, like, even for Juan on Thursday, if he does play, I think he needs to show up. Luke Shaw, like, with the former like, Tyrell Masia, he needs, he's look, done. W- he's done. But, like, even for him, like, he's still in England international. Southgate does like him, but Southgate hmm. won't pick him if he's not playing games. So, like, I know Chilwell's out of the Chelsea team as well. So even for this Europa League campaign, I think Shaw needs to use this to try to get himself back into the England setup because the left back position is really up for grabs there still, despite yeah. his his poor form. And then you look at Casemiro and Fred, players like this, like they all need to get back into the team. So I think Thursday is a very important game, not just for obviously the season, because look, Europa League is also another entry into the Champions League next season. So look, I think for Ten Hag to go that extra level for recruitment next year. He needs the Champions League because Frankie de Jong didn't want to come because Champions League football wasn't there. That's well documented. If he's in the Champions League next season, we go back in for Frankie de Jong. Frankie de Jong's a Manchester United player. I don't doubt that for a minute. Like, I think if you look at all these different things about the, how Ten Hag wants to rebuild and how, like, we, us as a football club, where we need to be, we need to be in the Champions League next season, whether that's Europa League or the Premier League. And that's why we have to be smart with our squad rotation but also tactically as well, we need to be flexible against these different teams. And you mentioned um, Real Sociedad still like they still have David Silva, Joe, who's yeah. a fantastic midfielder. A
0: yeah.
1: And, and co- coming back to Manchester, he'll want he'll want to prove a point. Like or or I can't pronounce his name or Azibal, whatever I, I can't pronounce his oh, name. Know you're right. Yeah, yeah, or, I can't yeah. pronounce his name. Spanish no. international. He is a fantastic footballer, and he can play on the left. He can play on the right. He can play off the striker. And um, like he's a very dangerous player too. So like this is why I think rotation is important. But I think he needs to pick the right players. And I think that's where, if you're looking at these Spanish kind of players we're, we're playing against now, and Casemiro will be very like familiar with this, this side we're playing against. So he'd be able to give some of these players insight into who to watch out for as well. So I think that'll be good as well. But I think you're right. There's rotation, but also you have to look. You have to look at like success. For this for this squad, and I think we have to. I think we have to get far into Europa League this season, regardless of where we are in the league. Because I think we've got to go deep. Yeah, I, I, think. I think we have to because if you look, deep. if you look at this squad, we've one of the best, probably right now, Real the Champions League teams dropping in. Right, T- take take that out for for a minute because if you look at Barcelona's group, either Barça, Bayern, or Inter Milan are dropping down into Europa League, um, and yeah. not unless the the four-place team, I forget what actually the four-place team are in that group. Uh, sorry for disrespect to whoever that team is. I dare to say they will finish last. And it's one of Inter, Barca or Bayern Munich who are dropping into our group. Oh, it's so Europa League. So, like, I think if you look at all the teams now who are in in Europa League right now, Man United are probably the best team in there alongside Arsenal. Like, we're the two best teams in Europa League right now. Exactly. Um, I think if you're talking about squad for squad right now, Arsenal would probably have are on better form. We look at, like, squad depth between two teams. Man United have more squad debt. That's a fact. That's an absolute fact. I think that's why we would be favourites for the Europa League this season, probably just ahead of Arsenal, because of our experience. And also, if you look at their squad depth. So I think, from that perspective, even in the group stage, it's very important that we get, get a result quite early and try to get points as quickly as possible. Because not only does that take the pressure of having to play the first-team players in the Europa League, but also, look, if we do qualify early, then there's chances for the younger players to play like your Garnachos, you know, yeah. so like, I think that's where um, Eric Ten Hag needs to, try to get the points on the board very early, but also as well, um, you know, use this wider squad just for the Premier League games, because between now and the World Cup still, we have two games every week between now and the World Cup, so they uh-huh. need, need to get, I suppose, qualify at of group stage very, very quickly.
0: We, we need to qualify as
1: group winners, but we need to do it early doors.
0: But, uh, everybody, yeah, we've got the World Cup coming in in November. Uh, Vicky asks about um, the transfer window. Is it pushed back? I don't think it is. It's January 1st, isn't it? As it's normal. still January
1: 1st, yeah, because the World Cup's over in December. But um, yeah. but really- um, I, I, look,
0: I think you're right. You know, he's got to play casa Kaz- If I was him, I would be playing Casemiro and Fred. Uh, I would start that combination. I think that would be the dog, uh, ideal combination. I would play uh, Maguire. Um, and I will play Ronaldo and Anthony. I'd probably play uh, Rashford as well. It's going to be really... I'd, I'd give. Uh, I'd rest Eriksen for definitely. Oh, definitely. I'd definitely rest Eriksen. I might not rest Bruno, but definitely rest Eriksen uh, and try a combination of um, Casemiro, Fred and Bruno in the middle just to see how that works. But they're going to be dangerous for El Saucedan, but I think they'll sit. I, I think they'll they'll come for a draw. Um, or snatch a 1-0 and we, we've just got to go at it we've got to keep this momentum going so I'm really looking forward to it. I might go actually uh, Jake might let me have a ticket so I might actually go
1: if, if you're look, man I was always selling Europa League tickets a couple of days ago if I knew that I would have salted you <laughs> <laughs> we'll, have to yes. we'll, we'll talk after we'll talk after if you need to go to yeah. any other games um, but yeah, like, look, it's a it's a very exciting fixture. I'm actually sick and I can't go and can't, I couldn't get time off work this Friday to fly over yeah. and back. And so I'm quite sick and I can't go. But yeah, it's going to be an exciting game. I think. Look, especially for some of these fringe players, like I think Donny Van de Beek. Like I think he's the biggest. Without being disrespectful here, I think Donny Van de Beek is the biggest Twitter myth I've ever seen in my life as a football player. I think they're saying he's the, he's the answer to absolutely all of our problems, which I don't like. I don't what's I don't get help. It's like the, the meltdown you see every week when Donny Van der Beek isn't in, in in the team sheet. And this is what I what, what I'd like to just put forward these people who moan about Donny Van der Beek not playing games of football. Allie Solskjaer didn't play him. Ralph Ranglick yeah. didn't play him. Sent him out with no unknown. And number 3, the manager who harnessed him into being one of the most promising young midfielders in world football isn't playing him in the Premier League. So what like what's the correlation here still? Well, he's <laughs> When you look at his performances for Ajax,
0: and how instrumental he was alongside Ziyech, uh, alongside uh, you know Frankie De Jong, alongside um, you know the types of players that have come across, Davy Klassen was another one that never yeah. made you know in the Premier League. It's an absolutely
1: similarly at Leicester. Yeah, I
0: thought like, not like Leicester, sorry, Everton. Sorry. Everton. Well, way Leicester in my head? <laughs> it's it's nuts, really. And look, I, I like Donny Beek. You know he, he's a he is a fabulous talent, but he clearly can't play in the Premier League. There's just something wrong. Do you think it's the pace of the league and the
1: physical nature?
0: Well, look, I always say, look, an individual player should should look after himself. So if he's struggling physically, get in the gym, and it's up to you as an individual, as a man, as a footballer, to sort yourself out. Okay. It's it's you know, and and if you are struggling phys- physically, get and deal with it. Say to the gaffer, I'll come and train, but I want two hours in the gym. I have to get me a personal trainer in, I want to bulk up, I've got to get this done because I'm not strong enough or I'm not fit enough. But there's something not right with Donnie. Ever since he's arrived, he hasn't had the either the players around him to play with his maturity and his his his, his brain. Is so way, you know, is so far ahead of everyone else, you know, apart from Ericsson, in terms of the runs that he makes, and we don't, we never pick him out. The amount of times he's in space and he's got his hands in the air, and but we go right instead of left. It's unreal. I'm, I'm wondering whether the Frankie De Jong has been such a conundrum for Ten Hag because he would, he would have been planning to play those two, I'm sure, of it together, because it would have made perfect sense, and in the end. We had to go with Ericsson, and so we went with Casemiro because Dion would have played where Casemiro is. Uh, I, I think it's probably um, hampered Donny, um, but Donny clearly isn't now going to the World Cup because he's not kicked a ball, has he?
1: You know, I, I think he's injured anyway. Uh, if I'm not he was out of the squad Sunday and we had two keepers in the bench because he was injured but Ten Hag hasn't specified if he's going to be fit for a Thursday. He hasn't, yeah, has he? I mean, the press is the be tomorrow. The press will be tomorrow, yeah.
0: Yeah, so it's, it'll be interesting to see. So, Don is a, a mystery to me. I, I think he's a fabulous uh, player, a fabulous talent. I'd love to play with somebody alongside, you know, like him, who, if you're going to give the ball a little stick, he'll take it on either foot, take it back to goal, he'll take it on the turn. He'll be able to use the ball when he plays, when he's got that confidence to do it, I, I don't get it, really. I I don't really know what to say about it, Kane, to be honest. I'm never usually lost for words, but Donny, I think, is, I think is, the whole fan base doesn't know what to do with him, doesn't know what to say, he doesn't know how to... Just doesn't know, do
1: they? Nobody seems to know. I think from what I've watched, from any time he's gotten the side, he seems a bit too timid for me. It's a bit too timid. And yeah, like he, was, yeah. he gets lost in games, he gets lost, and he, he he's not a midfielder. Like I know Bruno is not everyone's cup of tea, but Bruno will take a game, but a scruff of the neck. Bruno will, will take like Bruno will make that risky pass that mightn't come off, but he'll try it. He'll, he'll be, he he'd be. I think Bruno's more ambitious in the ball. I think Eriksen probably has that bit more about him physically and Donny Van de Beek that he's getting mm. in there. I think it says a lot when there's a thirty-year-old player who has a pacemaker on that's getting into the team instead of Donny Van de Beek. Like, it's amazing, isn't it? The, the, it is amazing. Games a week when we have Donny Van de Beek available. That that's again, that's no disrespect to either player. I'm just saying from like that perspective with a wide squad of five substitutions, five substitutions as well. Don't mind you as well. Donny don't Van de Beek isn't kicking the ball, so th- that's where I'm saying like it must be something in training. He mustn't be performing in training. Like people talk about Scott McTominay's flaws as a footballer, and they're quite rightly there, and they're open to see. Right, Fred's. Uh, vulnerabilities of football. They happens. work. They, they work hard. They work they, hard. They work hard, and that's why they're in the team. Donny van de Beek, he probably doesn't cover the ground that they cover. He he doesn't get stuck in like they get stuck in. And unfortunately, with no disrespect, this isn't the Air Divise, This is the Premier League. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, I, I played
0: last night, right? And I'm I'm not playing well at the minute. I've had a couple of bad games, and I was you know I gave, gave the ball away last night, and I was feeling myself, so I clattered someone. And that's how I get myself back into a game. I absolutely clattered somebody. And then, you know, I then try and use the ball sparingly. You know, I get it and I move it. I get it and I move it. I get it and I move it. Until I get myself back into the game and then I start making yards with it. Donny Van der Beek doesn't do that. In fact, none of our team do that. If we give the ball away, okay, McTominay does it occasionally, but he's just rash, isn't he? He's, he's just rash. I absolutely, I, you, for me, if I if I make that mistake and I'm feeling low about myself, I've got to do something. I've got to, I have to play on the edge. Donny mm-hmm. Van Der Beek needs to get that mentality. He needs to play on the edge. He needs to, if he loses the ball, go and chase it back, crunch into somebody, walk past them laughing, and, and but get really get back into the way. The football is about when you come and play in the, uh, in the Premier League because vc is completely different it's a quite soft league isn't it
1: compared to like again with no disrespect to it I think the Premier League and especially being at Man United I think you need to have that you need to have that arrogance to play in midfield for Man United now God, people massively, say,
0: massively
1: people, people say massively. that, Freddie <inaudible> have that. They, they, they probably don't have that arrogance but they have the work rate to play in there and I think Donny van de Beek at the moment it, I think is a victim probably of his own success in terms of people get him into the team, but it, I, I think for me it says a lot when Solshar Randick and you now Ten Hag isn't playing, and when Ten Hag's made him into the player who he is today. And yeah. not only that, you have a thirty-year-old Eriksen there who's only making his return back from football from a tragic situation. Oh, he's he's in the team and games in a week. Um, you know uh, that's where I have difficulty with this Van der Beek situation. Like, I'd love to, like, I'd love to sit here and say that Van der Beek's going to be. That player, he was at Ajax, and he's going to be. to that player that was nominated for the Ballon d'Or, too late. Which to Ajax. Too so, late
0: isn't it? No King, okay. it's too late, it's, mate.
1: It's not going to happen. Like, no. ideally, when I was looking at us get when we were looking for Anthony, a Mark Titus, like Marcus tell you This, I said this. Use Donny is that. Send Donny back to Ajax, and use Donny's part of that deal, so we don't have to pay as much money that we do have to pay to for Ajax, and we put that money towards the right back. That they are my exact words. Correct. Mark was on this show, or was he here or talk to the devils? of one or two of them where I said that that's what we should do with Donny van de Beek because he, I think he surplus the requirements here. Now, not unless Bruno or Eriksen gets injured and maybe Ten Hag integrates him in, but even at that, like Fred McTominay are ahead of him in in, in the pecking order, you know? Um, so that's where I think Donny van de Beek's days at Man United are numbered. And um, I right. think. After I think in the January transfer window, he's probably going to go. I know there's not much talk about it now because, like, I don't think Donny Van Der Beek is is going to be one to kick up a fuss, especially at Ten Hag, because he has that respect for Ten Hag that he probably didn't have for Solshar or Rangnick at the time, and um, because Ten Hag they have that relationship, from work. he's probably not going to kick up that type of stink that he did previously because he jumped on and done interviews on Rio Ferdinand's channel, didn't he? Talking about yeah, yeah, anywhere, and then like you know, I thought that was a tad bit disrespectful to Solshar, but look, we leave that there anyway, but. <laughs> Like, I think with Donny van de Beek at the minute, I think he's just... He's not... Like, the thing about this, he's a fantastic footballer, technically sound, and he, he's smart. He's a smart player. just doesn't but, fit us, does it? it? doesn't fit Man United. I don't no. think he's a Manchester United player. Um, that's okay. Juan Sebastian Verón came from uh, abroad, came to yeah. Man United and didn't work out. Because Keenan and were ahead of him and they suited United more than Juan Sebastian Verón did. You know, and... Um, you know, different players have come at different times. Falcao came, didn't work. For every reason, didn't work. Paul Pogba, brilliant footballer. Look, his you attitude, know. you can question his attitude, you can question off the field antics. You can question that stuff, but Paul Pogba's a brilliant footballer. Paul Pogba, for whatever reason, never worked out in Man United. But there's a multitude of reasons. But ultimately, he didn't work out. I guarantee when he comes back from injury at Juventus, he's going to play, play fantastically. 100% Paul Pogba will. I'm sure that. But, like, even Vicky turns to to, to points out, Donny van de Beek didn't play well for Everton either. That's also in the Premier League, you know. So, that's where I think Donny van de Beek just needs to go either go to La Liga or Bundesliga. And Donny van de Beek would be a fantastic um, player from them. But still, what we will do now, because I know we've kind of talked about Van de Beek, we've talked about different things. We're gonna get our starting eleven and score prediction in and um, just before we wrap up. Um, it's fine by uh, yeah. the hours literally flown, it's been such a good chatting. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah, it's been such a good really enjoyable chatting. Yeah. Literally the hours has flown by, I haven't even noticed it. But um, we will get starting eleven and score predictions yeah. in now, stew. So what we'll do is we're gonna go one to eleven. We'll give yeah. our both start at eleven so we go score predictions. So still give me your one to eleven and formation.
0: So, we'll go 4-3-3. I'd quite like to see uh, Dubravka given a go, actually. So, I'm going to go with uh, old Martin D. Um, wan Basaka, Luke Shaw, Maguire, Martinez, Casemiro, Fred, Bruno. Those would be my, my midfield three. And then I'm going to go with uh, Ronaldo, Anthony and Rashford. I think Sancho gets a night off. Ericsson definitely gets a night off. He deserves it. Yeah. But I think wan I, I wouldn't be surprised if Darlow gets the hook on Sunday. wan doesn't start. And I think it will be important for Wan-Bissaka to have a good night. Scoreline, I'm going to go for 3-1. I, th- I think we'll beat them quite comfortably. Although I know it's going to be a tough game and, I, and I, I've spoken about the traps that put, you know that teams will put in. They'll, they'll load block and if they can keep it to nil-nil on 60 minutes, 70 minutes, it'll be a very, very difficult game. But I think if we get an early goal, I think we'll beat them quite comfortably. So I'm going to go 3-1. First goal scorer, I am going to go for Bruno this time. Cool.
1: First goal yeah. scorer, Bruno. You've taken the words, and I'm, like, I'm gonna go a different yeah. one now since you said it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with Dubravka in and goal as well. I think look it'd be great to see him in the United shirt and see what he can do. Um yeah. I'm gonna go want um right back, even look, even if he is due to play Sunday, then I think look it's good to get a bit of match practice into him before he plays against Witfrazaha. Um I'm gonna go Lindelof McGuire. Um I just want to wrap Raphael Varane in Cottonwood. Yes, yeah, games. Um so I go Lindelof, Maguire. I think Maguire needs minutes. Go I'm gonna go Luke Shaw left back as well. I think he look whatever about him in the first couple of games, I do think he needs minutes um to try to play himself back into form. Um I'm gonna go the same midfield three you went with two. I'm gonna go Casemiro, Fred and Fernandez. Um I'm gonna go Anthony on the right, uh Anthony Alanga on the left. Um wow. and- yes. I'm going to go a Lang on the left, and um, I think against their right back, he can give him trouble, um, and he's very direct there. And I actually like Lang a lot, and um, so I'm going to go a Lang on the left, and then I'm going to go for the greatest of all time up front, um, Cristiano and Cristiano. In Ronaldo. his game time,
0: in his game time, Ronaldo does know
1: we we, we are going to be facing a group of games. We have got
0: City in October, haven't we?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, where it, it could be one chance, one goal. It, it, it could be that, so um, I, I think he needs game time, Ronaldo. I really do,
1: yeah. And look, it's gonna be iconics here in that Europa League team, and uh, Ronaldo standing there that's gonna be absolutely some buzz to hear that. But um, we're gonna wrap it up there, Stu. It's been an absolutely fantastic chat here this evening, very It'll enjoyable. Enjoy really enjoyed your company here today um, and yeah. guys also smash like the video and um, the, the, the very good comments here today very good viewership here today so thanks very much everyone watching here today and also look if you if you're if you want to listen on the audio platforms you can go follow us on spotify or apple podcast there as well and we will upload the audio later on but thanks very much everyone for watching hope you have a, all have a good Tuesday. day and they forgot what day it was there and then um, look Celtic versus Real Madrid is on in a couple of minutes so there's a game to watch in the Champions League you're seeing the best team in Glasgow play the best team in Madrid so do catch that but thanks very much guys and we'll see you there on Friday
0: Podcast Network.